Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I'm a stage four colon cancer survivor, and I've got a message for other men. You don't have to go through this alone. What does it mean to man up to cancer? It means reaching out instead of isolating. It means having the courage to accept help along the way. To me, manning up isn't just about being tough. It's about knowing that we're stronger and smarter as a pack than we are as lone wolves. Hey everybody out there in cancer land, this is Trevor and this is the Man Up to Cancer podcast. Um, this is a solo episode, uh, just raw and uncut. Um, it's going to be pretty short. I'm going to do a couple minutes of just um, filling you in. I want to update you on my cancer journey and and then after that um, I'm actually going to just plug in the, um, the seven minute pilot from last summer for the podcast, because I know there's a lot of people um, who are new to the podcast who are listening, and I just feel like taking you back to the beginning, um, just to really give you a sense of um, the Man Up to Cancer movement and, and where we've been and where we're headed. So like I said, today, um, I just wanted to update you on my cancer. I am getting ready for surgery again. <laughs> um. So next week, uh, on September 22nd, 2021, I'm going to have cytoreduction surgery, also known as CRS. Um, So the surgeon uh, at Mass General is going to cut into my abdomen and explore my abdomen. We know that there are some tumors still in there, and um, he's going to take those out and whatever else he might find um, when he's in my abdomen. So this is my fourth major abdominal surgery in the past um, four years, well, between three and a half and four years since I was diagnosed with colon cancer. And the tumors right now are just in my abdomen. I don't have any, I have, well, I have sort of one tumor um, right on the outside of my liver, um, but other than that, my liver is good. My lungs are good. There are, I don't have any tumors in those. Um, just the, just some tumors in my abdomen. So that's the plan is we're going to um, go in there and, and clean it up. How I got here was the past four months of some pretty grueling chemo. I've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, did what I call the kitchen sink chemo. It's called full Fox Erie plus Avastin, and that is pretty much the kitchen sink for colon cancer, and it was, it was rough. Um, I dedicated a whole episode to how rough it was, (laughs) but as you can tell, I'm good. I made it through. I feel good. I'm regaining my strength. I'm eating like crazy. Um, Like, I kind of feel like now I know a little bit about how Michael Phelps must have felt when he was packing on like whatever crazy amount of calories per day because that's been like my my um my whole mission over the past 10 days since I started really feeling good from the last chemo and then taking me through to the surgery is to really get my weight up as much as I can because I know I'm going to lose some so not only are is the surgeon going to remove the tumors from my abdomen um, I'm also probably going to lose part of my stomach 
um, maybe a small chunk, maybe uh, maybe a large portion of my stomach because the tumors in my abdomen are actually right up against, a couple of them are kind of nestled right up against my stomach. So it's, it's probable that I'm going to have to have uh, a partial gastrectomy. That uh, basically means losing part of your stomach, but um, shouldn't be the whole thing. And I should be able to recover from anything we do. Um, so anyways, so, so right. So I got here through chemo. So the four months of the kitchen sink chemo worked great. Absolute home run with the chemo. There was a question on whether that chemo was going to work at all for, for the METs. When I say METs, I mean metastases. Um, so the METs in my abdomen there was a question about whether the chemo was going to actually penetrate them and get them to shrink. And it, it absolutely has. The chemo has shrunk um, the tumors in my abdomen really well. And, and some, I think some of the spots are even not even visible on my last scan. And so that brought me to the point where I was eligible for surgery because before the chemo, I had talked to a couple surgical teams, and really at that point, I was not a candidate for surgery. I needed um, I needed the chemo to work to get me to be a surgical candidate. And when you're so when you have metastatic colon cancer, when you're stage four, like me, really the only the only really good shot you have at extending your life at a meaning in a meaningful way and possibly getting to cure is generally through a combination of chemo plus surgery. It's really hard to get there with just one or the other. There's also, of course, immunotherapy, which is getting some people to to cure. And we had hoped that that would be the case for me. Um, but immunotherapy, and immunotherapy did a really good job controlling my disease, but then I had a mixed response. So some of my tumors responded and some didn't, some grew. So fortunately, the conventional chemo kicked some serious ass and now I'm going in for surgery and I can't believe it's next week. I mean, it's just crazy how time just compresses. It seems like just yesterday I was starting that chemo and wondering if it was going to get me where I needed to go. And literally now I'm a week away from going in for this, this big surgery at Mass General and what a whirlwind. So at the very least, this is essentially just gives me like a reset I'll be able to get the tumors out of my abdomen. Um, and, and at that point, I should not have any visible disease. So um, pretty much a total reset. I'm going to do some more chemo, not the kitchen sink most likely, but some more chemo after the surgery to um, just mop up anything left. Um, but hopefully that gets me to the point where I can say, at least for the, t- the time being, that I'm cancer-free. And that is the, that's the goal. So at the very least, it's a reset. And at best, it's, it's, there's a possibility that this leads me to cure. Um, that's definitely a possibility. The chances of recurrence for stage four colon cancer are very high. Um, so even with the surgery and the chemo, the chances that I'm going to recur at some point in the future are, are definitely high. But this is a shot. And, um, and I'm going to take it. And I'm just, my, I'm feeling super grateful. I am so, so grateful to have the opportunity 
to get to this surgery, I think of so many people, so many other patients that I have met along the way, that um, people that I've met that have gotten sick and diagnosed and have advanced cancer, huge tumor burden, and they don't ever get the opportunity to have a surgery. They don't get the opportunity to, to continue to go for a cure. So for me to be able to continue to go for cure almost four years into my journey is remarkable and and I'm very grateful for it. And I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to a lot of people here. Um, I, first of all, I want to say thank you to the people who taught me how to advocate for myself as a patient and how to give myself the best chance at survival. So as you know, I am a... <laughs> I am a preacher for patient-to-patient knowledge and that sharing of information and learning from the people who've gone before you and then passing it on. So these are, this is just a short list of some of the people who have taught me how to advocate for myself and get that patient knowledge. Erica Brown, Manju George, Steve Schwartz, Maya Walker, Howard Brown, Kim Sully, Julie Clower, Annie Dolores, Carol Motika, uh, Mike Mancini, and also rest in peace to these others, Chelsea Boet, Todd Mercer, Dr. Tom Marsilia, Jen Fake, and just too many others to name. But when I think of the, and I'm sure I'm forgetting important people, but man, it, it's, it's hard. And um, so I'm sorry if I've, if you should be on this list and I, and I didn't say your name, I'm sorry, but I want to thank all those people for just being so generous with their time and their knowledge and their spirit and their love. So thank you guys. I want to thank the man up to cancer community, the wolf pack, all the guys in there. <laughs> that list is too long to read, but wolf pack, you know who you are. You know that you've got my back and that I've got yours. No questions, and for for now and forever. So I go into this surgery with my shoulders back, head held high, and uplifted by all of you. I, I know you're there with me, and that brings me such great comfort. I've never been more supported, and I want to thank you for that. And on the thank you train, last but certainly not least always first. My wife, Sarah, and our girls, Sage and Elsie. Um, man, not not enough can be said about their impact on where I'm at. Um, no chance I'd be here right now without them and their love in my life. Sarah carries the logistical and financial and emotional burden. She is a full-time teacher sort of slash curriculum uh, strategist instructor at a public school here in Maine, and she works her ass off and does a great job. And she um, brings in the lion's share of the money for our family, and she has the insurance that has been a lifesaver. Otherwise, we'd be, you know, I'd be completely destitute. But um, and that's been a big burden on her. Absolutely, like those having to continue to do that work and the insurance and everything else and care for me through this process. Um, I can't say thank you enough. 
Sarah, you know that. And and the girls have been amazing, just amazing, supportive. And, and it, I know that it's hard for them, and I see that. Um, but I also just see the resilience and love and and them just enjoying um, their high school experience. They're, Sage is a junior and Elsie is a freshman now, so they're in the same high school, which is awesome. And, um, yeah, I just can't say enough about our girls. So here we go, into the breach uh, one more time. Uh, who knows what the future is going to hold, but I'm grateful and excited right now to get in there, get this surgery done, get these tumors in my abdomen out, and and then recover as well as I can, get into physical therapy soon and get moving. And I want to get back on my mountain bike as soon as I can and all that good stuff and enjoying my family time and get back to my Man Up to Cancer mission. Um, I'm still been doing the podcast, but there's a lot that I want to do there's a lot that I want to do with the Man Up to Cancer platform that I have yet to do, often because I've spent so much time in patient mode. Um, so hopefully this will give me some good extended time in in the rest of life mode. Um, so next week, next week's podcast on Tuesday, Kellen Wellborn returns as co-host, and we get to interview one of my favorite people, one of my amazing oncology nurses, Leah Robert of New England Cancer Specialists here at Scarborough, Maine. Um, been, I've been treated there locally for my entire cancer experience. And Leah was one of the first oncology nurses that I met there. And she is an absolute delight and rock star and has a lot going on uh, in her life right now. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share that interview with you guys. And then after after next Tuesday, so that'll drop next Tuesday, and then I'm going to have my surgery, and then I'm on hold. I, I don't have a, a stockpile of episodes uh, for after my surgery. So I want to get back to the podcast as soon as I can. So as soon as I'm um, into my recovery enough so that I feel good to start to do it, I will, start to, I will bring it back. But um, I imagine there's going to be... Um, you know, a handful of weeks that the Man Up to Cancer podcast is taking a break, taking a surgical break. So I want to thank everyone. Thank you all for your support and your love. We feel it. It means the world. You guys are awesome. Uh, so yeah, now I'm going to leave you with the seven minute pilot episode of the Man Up to Cancer podcast. Again, for the newcomers into the Man Up to Cancer fold, this is a good introduction into what we're all about. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast. I'm assuming that you are a guy facing cancer. Maybe you're a patient. Maybe you're a long-term survivor. Uh, maybe you are a man who is a caregiver. Or you are a woman who is trying desperately to figure out how to help your guy who's going through cancer. So this is the show for you. Okay, first things, I should probably tell you a little bit about myself and why I'm here. I'm Trevor Maxwell. I am a husband. I am a father of two teenage girls, which is always entertaining. I am a writer. I live in the great state of Maine, which is tucked up in the northeast corner of the United States. Understandably confused with Canada, or people think it's a part of Canada. 
I can tell you that it is not. However, uh, we do love our neighbors to the north. My cancer dossier. Okay, here we go. One colon surgery, also known as the large intestine for those of you who don't know. Two liver surgeries, four months of chemotherapy, nine months of and counting of immunotherapy. One major depressive slash anxiety funk that lasted for several months. One remarkable and lasting recovery from that funk. One spouse who has carried me and our daughters more times than I can count or care to admit. And countless new friends in the social circles of patients and advocates that I like to call cancer land. So when we're diagnosed with cancer, women tend to reach out and men tend to check out. Now, some people might be thinking, okay, well, what's the problem there? I can handle this on my own. Like, I got this. I never had to have any help before. Uh, you might think that. Um, and I wish you the best of luck if you go down that road. But uh, to me, cancer isn't like your average you know, household problem. So men are problem solvers and we have a, a broken pipe. Like maybe we can watch some YouTube videos and go to the hardware store and DIY. Uh, cancer is a little different. It changes almost everything about our lives. So it's like everything that you have held so solid in your life, all those stories you tell yourselves about your identity and your place in the world, all of that turns to quicksand with a cancer diagnosis. And all of a sudden you're, you're faced with this challenge that you just can't simply fix. And there's just so much more to it than that. So what happens if you withdraw, if you isolate, if you go into your man cave during cancer? There's lots of bad things, but let's hit on the top three. Number one, relationships. Relationships get stressed and they break when you check out as a man going through cancer. But number two is mental health. So depression, anxiety, uh, substance abuse that comes from that. And then, so here's the kicker though. You know, for a lot of men who are resistant to accepting help or going through cancer together, the kicker is if you isolate, you actually are not giving yourself the best chance at survival because your best chance of survival comes from the information and the support that you get from connecting with others who have gone through the same thing or are going through the same thing. Like those connections are where you get all that information about how you make your game plan and how you strategize and how you actually, if you're problem oriented, how you tackle that problem. So by isolating, you're basically sending yourself down the road to a worse medical outcome than if you don't. So if you latch on to any of those reasons for not isolating, you know, that's a pretty darn good one. So this podcast is going to be a unfiltered, real, raw place where we have conversations about men and cancer and stereotypes and culture and our experiences and where we connect with people who aren't going through cancer. And we talk about the commonalities we have and, and the things that we go through that, that we have in common, you know, cancer or not. Sometimes we'll get serious. We are going to talk about dying and death. We are going to talk about pain and the physical stuff about cancer that some might find to be TMI. Uh, we'll talk about grief, shame, anger, all those uncomfortable subjects. This is, it's not always going to be the most comfortable place because we're going to go there because we need to, because that's part of it. That's part of what the experience is, is all these things. So we're going to go there, but we are also going to be different in that we're going to have fun. This is a show about cancer, so it's like, oh, you know, and if you don't have it, maybe you're feeling a little weird about that. Like, should we be having fun while talking about cancer or talking with people who are going through it? 
yes, we all need to have fun. We need to have joy in our lives and we need to have laughter. We need to be playful. And on the show, we're going to be irreverent and push some buttons sometimes because the growth happens in conversations where people are willing to be fully honest with one another and put down their masks for a little bit and and find the common bonds and stop worrying about offending one another or using the right language or saying the wrong thing. Like, I'm going to say the wrong thing quite a bit in here, and I'm sure my guests are too. And that's part of it. That's part of growth. That's part of learning. That's how we all connect. So Man Up to Cancer is a call to action. I'm calling on all of you guys facing cancer and all the people that love you to not isolate during this journey. Man Up to Cancer is, right now it's a website, www.manuptocancer.com. It's social media. We also have a private Facebook group for men. This is for men patients, caregivers, other men who are impacted by, all men who are impacted by cancer. And it is called Man Up to Cancer, The Howling Place. And if you're interested in joining that, you can access that through the website or you can search us up on Facebook. So this show was the short introduction. Now I am pumped to bring in guests from all corners of Cancerland. In upcoming shows, I'll talk to Joe Bullock, my main man in North Carolina, about the online revolution for men facing cancer. I'll introduce you to Kellen Wellborn, my unlikely creative collaborator who came up with the masculine yet inclusive wolf logo I was dreaming of for Man Up to Cancer. And I will sit down for an emotional and unfiltered interview with my hero, my wife, Sarah. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list, and subscribe to the podcast if you like where I'm headed with this. And check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. <laughs>